0: InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. It's happening in cities and towns across the country. Citizens have to keep up with City Hall and neighborhood happenings. Without a 170-year-old staple of daily life, the local newspaper. With a look, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Roy? Thank you, Chris. James Hamilton is the director of Duke University's DeWitt-Wallace Center for Media and Democracy. He's also an author of several books, including one called All the News That's Fit to Sell, How the Market Transforms Information into News. Is this something that the average American should care about? I think most people figure, well, if the local paper goes away, the same news will be available online or on my local TV or radio station.
1: Well, there's a saying on the Internet that information wants to be free, and that's true if the stories are already written or the information is already created. But your local newspapers provide a certain type of information, mainly investigative reporting and accountability coverage of local government, that you really don't find in other areas of the Internet. So if those news organizations, if the local newspapers are in trouble then I think, in a way, your community is in trouble, too.
0: So just how bad is it for the newspaper industry these days?
1: Well, many of the publicly traded stock companies have had their values go down 80% over a several-year period. And really, at the heart of this is the fact that there's a certain type of news, basically public affairs reporting, that in part has been subsidized. Families and individuals who own newspapers provided a little bit more of civics information than the market would support, in part because they lived in the communities and they felt like they had a role to play. But once the newspapers were owned by publicly traded companies, the responsibility there is to maximize profits. And at one time, newspapers were very profitable. If you could say, instead of taking 35%, I'll take 30%, but be a good corporate citizen. That was an era where you could do well and do good at the same time. Now, as profit rates are dropping to around 10% for some newspapers, they're cutting staff because they made bets. They entered into borrowing agreements when the expectations that the profits were really going to be much higher. And now to meet those debt payments, they're firing a lot of reporters.
0: Are there any national stats on just what percentage of households still subscribe to a daily newspaper?
1: I think more than half the households still subscribe. But the problem is that it's not really a readership problem so much as an advertising problem. Because for newspapers, if you think of them as getting maybe 80% of their revenues in some circumstances from some form of advertising classified or displayed... Craigslist, Craig is a wonderful person himself, but Craigslist has eviscerated the classified section for newspapers. Then when you have a decline because of the recession, but also because of other ways to reach people of display advertising, you're in a world where what was once a wonderful monopoly gateway, the newspaper, a place that you had to go if you were a local business of a certain industry, trying to reach people Those days are gone. So even though people are still reading, the fact that, A, if they're online, they're not paying, and, B, if they're reading the hard copy, fewer classified ads are in that hard copy, that revenue problem is the real dilemma. The big problem was that four or five years ago, when newspaper companies were buying other newspaper companies, they were more optimistic. And just like mortgage owners made bad decisions, in sort of a bubble or euphoria way, so did some newspaper company, And so you have situations today where a newspaper itself in a metro area could be profitable, but if the parent company has a lot of debt, they have to service that debt. And so a profitable newspaper may be cutting staff fairly significantly in order to meet the overall debt payment.
0: Our guest on InfoTrack is James Hamilton. He's the director of Duke University's DeWitt Wallace Center for Media and Democracy. And we're discussing the demise of a number of large newspapers around the country and just how the newspaper industry is handling the whole situation. Talk for a moment about these newspapers that are continuing to survive. Nearly all of them have had some pretty drastic staff reductions. And how does that affect the newspaper that ends up in someone's driveway every morning?
1: Well, the way it's affected it so far is that they're thinner. And if you think about the different types of information that newspapers can give you, they can help you do your job better. That's the producer demand for information. They can help you be a better consumer, help you find things. They can just give you information that's fun to know. That's entertainment. And they can also give you information that helps you make a better voter. Those first three types of information demands, consumer, producer, and entertainment, those markets work pretty well because if you don't get the information, you don't get the benefit. So if you and I were going to buy a car, we might go to Edmunds or Consumer Reports to get information and get a better car. If you and I were going to spend a week studying about the stimulus package, we wouldn't end up getting a better stimulus package because our vote doesn't really have an influence in a statistical sense. So to economists, what that means is that many people remain rationally ignorant about the details of politics because it doesn't pay for them from an investment perspective to learn. That means that there's not a strong demand for public affairs coverage. So to me, that's at the heart of what a lot of newspapers are facing. There's this part of what they used to provide you, this accountability, this coverage of local government that wasn't being supported by the market in the first place. And as profits are going down, that's the type of thing that they're cutting.
0: In some cases, at least some of the now unemployed newspaper staffs have been planning to develop news websites to replace the printed paper. Is that something that can really replace a paper in terms of the breadth of local news coverage that you just referred to?
1: I think we're going to run an interesting experiment, which is who's going to provide the watchdog or accountability coverage. And there are some examples of experiments Men Post in Minneapolis, Voice of San Diego, the St. Louis Beacon, those are people who are saying, we're going to provide coverage of our local area focused in part on public affairs, but we're going to do it as a nonprofit. And so then basically they're turning to people and saying, do you care about this information enough to donate? So I think there's going to be an NPR style model tried at the local level where you're going to rely on altruism or a sense of identity. Are you an NPR listener? Are you a? And then you could fill in the name of this small standalone nonprofit reporting center.
0: There are some experts who say that this recent series of newspaper failures is really just the tip of the iceberg and that some major cities may end up with no daily newspaper at all.
1: That's feasible. That could happen. And so the question is, why would people be worse off? If they're able to get their consumer information elsewhere, if they're able to find a sofa via Craigslist, if they could find out about a car on Autobytel, then you wouldn't need to worry as much. But to me, it's that fourth information demand, civics or voter information. The question of who's going to provide that, it could be the parties. You could see things like My Barack Obama as Political Web 2.0. Maybe parties are going to give us more personalized information about the issues that we're interested in. But I think the main thing to worry about is, at the local level, who's going to be sitting through city council meetings in a way that will prevent corruption and abuse? Do you have any final thoughts? This is an experiment that we're running, and if people are concerned about it, then in a year or two, there may be a center for nonprofit reporting in their city, and they might want to consider giving it a donation.
0: Professor James Hamilton, director of Duke University's DeWitt-Wallace Center for Media and Democracy, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.